Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as Premium Unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Uh, this is an interactive call-in show. You Give us your answer or give us your questions. We'll give you the answers, the top two or three answers of that particular model or car that you're dealing with or want to look for or, or used car, new car. You know, what, what's wrong with those cars? We know. What's wrong with this car? No, not much. You know, um, some cars have cycles. All depends on how good you take care of it. So I'm Bob. Next to me or this morning is going to be Carl. Kyle's a little. Kyle's a little bit on uh, leave today. You know, I... And I yeah. That's going to start off with most cars are good cars if you take care of them. Yep. If you yep. just take care of them. And I'll tell you, I can't, and I'm sure Carl's going to back me up on this. How many times, Carl, have you heard say, I can't be out of oil because my oil change sticker says I'm not due yet? <laughs> uh, several times a day. Several <laughs> times a day. Just, just because the oil change sticker says you have another 1,000 miles left to go on your oil change doesn't mean you have anything in the engine or enough. Maybe it's enough. I would say, ah, gosh, anymore. 50% of the cars are, are 50 to 60% of the cars are, are one quart down. Yep. And I yep. think the other 40% of the cars are not even on the stick. Yep. I mean, we've changed um, two, three this week that only had a quart in it. We did as well. And, and this boils down to... We're running zero twenty in cars. Um, you know, five thirties full synthetic. We're running zero twenty uh, full synthetic, and you're running zero sixteen in some of the Toyotas. So. so these engines are super tight when it comes to the clearances between the, the the bearings and everything else, and it needs that particular oil. If you try to run a ten forty in a in a car that needs zero sixteen, you're going to have engine failure. You're just going to do it because it cannot. As I've mentioned before, it, it, it's a thing called oil damming, and the oil sits on the outside of where the bearings ride and cannot penetrate into the bearing. And when it does that, it doesn't lubricate properly, and it ends up having a problem, and you start burning oil. Yep. So you're very rare to have a car that you will go six, seven, ten thousand miles, and it doesn't need a quart of oil or yep. two. You know, I usually I see... You know, I had a vehicle that about every 6,000 miles I'd change it with synthetic and need a quart about every three. Yeah. So. Two to three. And some some are worse. And you just got to check the oil. And uh, that sticker is just a, that's a reminder to go get it done. It's, it's, it's not a reminder that there's nothing in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you have a car that has like uh, some Audis or Volts, uh, Porsches or Mercedes, some very high-end cars, those have electronic. They don't have dipsticks anymore. No dipsticks. So they, that car has a monitor in the oil pan that says, hey, you're a quart down or two quarts down. 
but but they also take seven or eight, eight. or ten. Yep. So they got plenty there. Yeah. They they just you know two chords down, uh, two chords down on something that has eight chords isn't a big deal, but you know some Hondas take three point nine chords. Yep. Barely yeah. four chords. You know, and Chevy went to eight on their new V8s. Mm-hmm. So they did, and and uh, you would think they'd try to put a little extra oil in, in the pan, knowing that it's probably going to consume it, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. I don't know. So anyway, that's our food for thought. Uh, just keeps you out of having to buy an engine. And let me tell you, yep. engines aren't cheap. They just aren't. You know, if you go to a rebuild, you could spend uh, six to seven, eight thousand dollars. If you go, you know, uh, re- yeah. remanufacture because it's a newer car. Boy, depending on what it is, you could spend fifteen thousand. Yep, easily. So, just one of those things we see every day. So you just got to be be careful on that. You know, something else, I, this was just kind of a, an interesting article, and uh, this this come out of, I think it was Salt Lake City. Salty there. Yeah, a guy, guy was walking down the street after a night of drinking. And of course, you, you know what he found? He found a, probably a, something from the potholes, so there was a big chunk of, <laughs> chunk of rock in the road. So he decided to throw it through the window of the, uh, the Ferrari dealership. And, lo and behold, he just... Jumped in one, sat down, key's still in it. So he, of course, he's drunk. So he backed up, forward, back, forward. You know, after he hit most all the cards inside the <laughs> the uh, showroom floor, he drove out and uh, drove around. And then, of course, he finally got uh, arrested and blah, 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 blah. But he was driving a $600,000 Ferrari and did more than $100,000 worth of damage inside the car. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, that's... He, you got to lock those keys up. I mean, yeah. uh, security does nothing for, you can't get there quick enough for a drunk guy. Nope. Especially on that. And th- those cars are crazy expensive and crazy nice. So, Yes, they are incredibly fast. Yeah. Quick, uh, so I'm going to go over to another. This I found this article very interesting. That has This more has to do with some electric cars. Um, and has to do with, you know, defense and a lot of other things. The Top 10 uh, minerals, critical minerals that we use for electronics, chips, um, electronic cars, batteries, all that kind of stuff, uh, our, you know, our, our military. The top 10 particular minerals are all imported from China. Isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. Very interesting. And then here recently, they there's a couple of minerals which uh, they're interesting. They're gallium and geranium. I don't know what that, that geranium was a flower. I don't know. But anyway, that those two were a hundred percent imported from China. Also, well, they put restrictions on them just because um, they're not happy with some of the other things that we're doing over there, and you know. Because yeah. we're always bickering back and forth. So they've knocked that down to 50%. Back to 50% on some of those. Now, I'm not a chemist by any means, but I do know that a lot of those, you, you can't have one chemical just doesn't make one thing. You have to have multiple things to make multiple things happen. And, uh, boy, if they're cutting back on that, that's going to be an issue, which is just goes to goes to show that, Another chip shortage? Yeah, you know, something along that line. You've got um, how much of those cards you're going to be able to get to uh, 
when you buy a car, buy an electric car, yeah. how much you're going to be able to get the parts to fix it. I don't know. be kind of interesting. It's hard to get parts for gas cars sometimes now. It is. It is. The, the stockpile of parts are just not as much as they used to be. They, everybody's carrying one or two of something, and uh, they used to be six deep. But now there's just one or two of everything, so it takes it just takes longer to get your car fixed it than does. it normally would. Yep. I tell you what. So, I don't know. China's big in the, into EVs. They uh, they've probably adopted it quicker than what we have, but but they can because they have all the minerals, most all the minerals there to be able there. to do it. So, I don't know. That's kind of interesting. I, I didn't realize that we supplied that heavily on China to bring that stuff to us. And there's other, we have a lot of things, but we just, it's probably cheaper to pull it from them than it is to pull it out of here. So the cheaper version always wins and maybe we're keeping our stuff. I don't know. I don't think they're, they're not happy at us for, um, the tax breaks that you would get for an EV car. If, if it's produced in the United States, if the batteries produced in the United States, you're going to get a credit. If you buy that car that's not produced in the United States, you don't get any credit. You won't get your 25, 45 or whatever amount would be come back from the dealer or the, from the government because you're not producing that particular battery in the United States. That's why most of uh, the Tesla stuff is done, you know, built in house or built in the United States. And most people don't know that either. So, but, but you'll see that when it comes time to, to buy an electric car. If you do buy an electric car, there's out, there's a bunch of them on the lot I'm reading, but they're just not flying off the shelf. No, nope, So. Yet. Not yet. There's, there's a lot out there, a lot more than I thought there'd be. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558 1110 the numbers to get in. We've got some open lines. We'll be back in a minute. You need some new tires and new spark plug wires. Believe me when I say that you need your oil change. Tell me why, why doesn't your car start? Tell me why, does your backseat smell like a fart? Tell me why, why don't you even have wiper blades? You need your oil change. Remember when your fuel filter was clogged and your king All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the uh, numbers to get in. We are Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We'd stop in and see us. Uh, you've driven by us. We'll help you fix your car. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit, Carl, uh, earlier, just about somebody that had went to go lock a car, and uh, they, they didn't know how to lock the car. Fob. without a key fob so we got to thinking about that yeah. and uh the key fob so we went from two keys let's see probably went from 
actually the evolution of cars, we if we think about it, we went with no keys. Yeah, the first one was on the yeah. floorboard. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, the first one was kind of on the floorboard. Yeah. And the uh, you would just kind of press a button or just flip a switch, kind of like the military, the humvees are. You'd flip a switch, and you just press the the pedal on the floor, and, and the car would start. There you go. And then, of course, uh, obviously people were stealing those, so we needed something different. So we went over to the two keys, you know, one for the door, and one for the ignition, which made it nice because then you could, if you had to mess with the ignition key, then you could just do that one without rekeying the whole whole place yep, yep and then we went over to one key and now we go over to key fobs with a hidden with a hidden key yep with and then of course and I, I don't know how many people probably don't know that if you if you lose your key fob or, or the door locks don't work or the battery's dead there's actually right where your pull handle is you can there's a little piece that has you can pull off of there it's a little plastic clip or not clip but a cover cover and then you could put your regular ignition key in there, and that's how you get in and out of your car. So, you know, if you go home, look at your car and look at your driver's uh, door and see if there's got a, like a little ridges on there that you could grab a hold, and that's that's going to pull it off there, and you can actually get into your car. You know, we also went to from having two door locks on, on both front doors to one. Yeah. You know, some trunks don't even have a key place in them anymore. No, and, and yeah, no, they don't have a key place in <laughs> <laughs> and uh now we've gone over to credit cards you know tesla's got a credit card where you just kind of stick in your wallet which is kind of convenient yep. you know as you get close to your car your car just boop unlocks and it knows it's you because you got the card and then or you could put the card up next to the the b pillar and it tells you that that's the card so that you can uh, kind of get in um it's i don't like where they really have kind of put it as far as you put it on the center console, yeah. and it seems like you drive it around. Next thing you know, you stop or whatever. It always shoots into the cup holder, or it shoots back into something else. Seems like you could. Seems like they need a like a credit card slot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, like something at the gas pumps. ATM or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just kind of stick it in there. It knows it's there, and then you don't ever lose it, and you know to take it back out of there. But eventually, you'll get to. You get to use it because everything in that car, if you've ever driven a Tesla, it's got a big uh, computer screen. And every time I try to find the miles, it seems like I spend Whoa. 10 minutes trying to find the miles. Easily. And where it just needs to, they need a, they need a miles button. They just yeah. need a over here, miles button tells you all the critical quick information that you need. Miles, trip, blah, 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 whatever that would be. But I'm not used to it, so I just don't know. But anyway, that's that's a credit card is kind of what they've gone to now. You know, there's a car that don't use any oil, though. It doesn't use any oil. Yeah. Yeah, be careful if you want to get the fluid exchange on that. There is fluid in there. There, There is some fluids, you know, uh, mostly washer fluids. But there is some the, the, the hydraulics. Um, everything's got to spin a little bit. So you've got sealed bearings, but in, and those motors do have some fluid. Not much. So if you... There wouldn't be anything you'd flush out like coolant or transmission or anything else, but they do have some fluids on on the gear drive assemblies. So, but and that's that's something that would be done probably not all that often because anymore they can make fluids that go a hundred thousand miles. Yep. Used to be it wasn't just that case. Um, but where are we where are we going to head next to Carl? I mean, we're going to go what maybe fingerprint? fingerprint. I suppose fingerprint could be something. Yep, or an optical. Uh 
eye, you know, like in the yep, put your like all in in the movies. You could do your eye, you know. They could uh, maybe they could maybe have a sensors. They could smell you. So you know you got a distinct smell. Come up, okay. Well, that's Jim. Okay, that's I know who that is, or I know his perfume, or this is that or the other. You can do a smell test. You know, that would probably Ooh. be yeah, yeah. Everybody has a different perfume, or you know when when Sally comes up, she knows what that is, so she can say okay. That yep. I mean that's just one thing. I'm sure they've they've checked it all. They they know how much you weigh. But we we have we were talking about this off the break that uh, there are certain cars out there now that won't start. Unless you're sitting in the seat. So maybe you've recorded how much you weigh. You are X amount. And uh, if you're not X amount, you know, why is your, uh, in your teenagers, a buck 20 and you're 200? Well, my car won't start, Dad. Hmm, Well, that's interesting. I wonder why it won't start. Starts fine for me. Well, then you you know. Well, that'd be a great thing. They already got seat presence sensors already in the seat that allow the airbags to deploy at certain uh, times in order for, you know, if, if you're a bigger person or a smaller person, it uh, the airbag, believe it or not, and it's microseconds, millimicroseconds, milli but it's a big deal if it's somebody smaller or somebody bigger in, in the car. So they've already got that technology, so they could easily just put that in the driver's seat. Yep. Um, voice, I suppose voice recognition be another one. They just haven't, I don't know, it's probably, the, and maybe a picture. So would you name your car when you come up to it and say, you're, you know, hello there, George? I suppose you could do that. It Since it's got voice recognition, as long as nobody else is around, you know, for the most part, yeah, you could do that. You, you could, uh, a lot of people have nicknames for their cars. This is old oh, Betsy, and this is uh, I, old Henry's last, and, you know, uh, it seems like it's a lot of old names, you know, but uh, it is. It, but yeah, that's not a bad idea. And they're also male and female. It recognizes your voice like Google does. Yeah. You know, when you're sitting at home and your TV, uh, all of a sudden you're you're talking about yourself. And next thing you know, the movie suggestions come on because you're watching whatever, which is still a little eerie. Cool, but eerie. I'll tell you what, I don't know. That's a possibility. I'm sure they've experimented with all, but we're just wondering how much we're going to see. Yeah. We just thought it was interesting. We went from no key to switch to two key to one key, no fob, credit card, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So. Where's it in? Yeah. Well, you, everybody wants to keep their car once they buy it, believe it or not. No, nobody. Jetsons. Yes. Yeah. And we're, we're coming to that, too. Now with all this technology that we have with uh, drones, they're they're making the drones so big and and uh, popular and be able to lift so much now. And that's, that's our next hurdle to get over and. We can't drive on the ground. I can't imagine what we're going to do when we get in the air. I will tell you what. All right, we're going to head over to uh, Mike. Mike's got a 2000 Dodge pickup. Mike, what's going on today? Hello? Hello. Hello, Mike. Yeah, I got a 2000 Dodge uh, pickup, Dodge Ram. And uh, it's been doing this for some time. It's uh, It makes a, a kind of like a... A little bit of a grinding sound when you when you're driving it, or even when you're turning. But it's been doing that for some time, and I don't know where I would start to look at. Well, what we normally do when we start to hear noises is we try to discern. Let's get an area that we're dealing with. Are we dealing with right front, left front? You know, front, back, middle. 
and um, it's just more of a process of of elimination. Okay, so so you go just do you just go ahead and pull the wheels off and and check. Well, so how are you? Is this a rhythmic noise? Is this is this only driving down the road that you're hearing this noise? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, uh, and uh, sometimes when you turn, it, it doesn't do it consistent, but it does it every, uh, uh, you know, once you start out anyway. Right. Um, front or rear? Do you know? Uh, it sounds like maybe possibly the front. I'm not sure where it's coming from for sure. But. And sometimes you have to have somebody, uh, and we'll routine, routinely do this, you'll have a squeak and a brake. And we'll get somebody outside on on one side and then the other, and just kind of hear it. And we can isolate it a lot of, most times down to one wheel, and then we can go attack that one wheel to see what we see. Um, boy, you might have. I mean, there's there's a list of things that you could have. You could have backing plate rubbing if it's if it's going. You could have a wheel bearing. You could have uh, rust on the rotors. You could have stuck ball joint rusted up. Yeah, yeah, creaky. yeah, creaky. Um, brake pads that are stuck in the in the anchors and causing it's squeezing the rotor too tight so it's causing squeaks it's boy it's just there's a lot of different things um if you're driving down the road you could have u-joints you know making noise but that's more from the rear but can sound like the front yep yeah i i'd had the u-joints replaced so i know okay. that's probably not that but yeah it's got a lot of miles on it. it's got two hundred sixty-seven thousand actual miles and it runs like a top sure sure but, so but i'm just trying to pinpoint that that noise yeah four-wheel drive no two-wheel okay it's a 15 higher model okay well if it does it kind of does it do it on a slow kind of crawl or slow turn or something along that line um it has it okay. has been doing that too well that's but it don't do it like seems like when you're going on the highway i don't hear it as much you know so if, if if there's if you're just kind of working on it yourself, the the basic things I would do is maybe jack up the front end, uh, just peek at the brakes, move the wheels back and forth, make sure we don't got wheel bearings that are loose, uh, make sure the 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 suspension ball joints, you know, tie rod ends, you know, do that are all kind of loose. Move the tires back and forth. Do the quick things that you can say. You might you might grab a hold of a wheel or put a jack stand underneath the ball joint there, and then you know use a pry bar to check that ball joint, you might see one that's got, oh, my gosh, that's got a ton of movement. And whether that solves your problem or not, you know you've got to fix that anyway. So a good start visual inspection is where I would go and grease the heck out of uh, everything that's greasable and see if it doesn't solve your problem. I mean, you might accidentally just solve your problem by doing some grease and, and checking some things. Oh, yeah. And then isolate it down to right front, left front, um, and then you can kind of, you know, attack it that way. There, there's no – with noises, they're, they're annoying. They're yeah. just uh, – annoying. <laughs> I have found over the years, and Carl can t- say the same thing, noises either are you pull it in and you find it in five minutes or you find it in an hour because you got to search and search and search and yeah. search. And uh, It's noises travel. Noises travel, yes. So. Okay. Thanks for uh, uh, taking my call. Yeah, yeah. appreciate the call. Good luck, Mike. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and we'll be back in a minute. 
All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110. Give us a call. We'll help you out with your problems. Uh, if you're not, I'm sure those of you who listen to us, I know you got questions. Come on, give us a call. You can go mow later. Yeah. The the, the mowing's got to happen, I know, because it's it's four feet tall. It's going <laughs> to rain again here soon anyway. Yep. We're going to head over to Joe. Joe's got a 2010 Subaru Forester. Joe, what could be wrong with this car? Hey, I've uh, been, well, <laughs> probably should have started trying to figure it out sooner. Now I've, I don't have much time to figure it out, but uh, the symptoms started with uh, it would shudder kind of at high speeds. Um, the the engine, it wouldn't misfire or anything, but just you could feel it kind of shudder and struggle. Um, and then it also runs a little rough when it's idling. And so I, I had the, the check engine light was on. I had it red. Um, went ahead and replaced the oxygen sensor that's after the catalytic converter. Um, last fall, I also replaced the one that was pre-catalytic converter. Uh, and that seemed to fix it. The engine light was off. And the car's wow. been running a lot smoother for 200 miles. And then the engine light came back on, and we've noticed it's still experiencing that same symptom while it idles, though it does run a lot smoother at higher speeds. What is your code? Do you know? Um, let's see. Did your oxygen sensor code come back? I haven't had the code read yet, but it looks like it's the same one. Yeah. It's uh, P2096. It's the post-catalytic fuel trim system, too lean. Okay. All right. So that's why you're, I guess the, the question I was going to have is the oxygen sensor is what's in the exhaust to determine if there is a problem going on. Okay. So when it comes up and it codes out for an oxygen sensor, if it's a heated oxygen sensor, more than likely that's your problem. Uh, but it's basically telling the computer, hey, there's something else going on. That's why replacing the oxygen sensors nine times out of ten when you go have it read and they say, yeah, it's an oxygen sensor code. It's a great way for them to sell oxygen sensors but never yep. solves the problem. Now, the <laughs> post-catalytic converter uh, O2 sensors need to be there to check, the, check things out through the computer but does not cause any drivability problems whatsoever. Now the the, okay. the the upstream does the upstream can cause drivability problems, but we know the lights back on, so we know that's not our issue. Yep. So we've got a lean condition. So when you have a lean condition, there's too much air going into the engine, and the computer says, "Hey, there's too much air. I need to flip it over and, and add way more fuel," and vice versa. It could be a rich condition, so. The computer leans it out because it's always trying to achieve 14.7 to 1, which is the perfect ratio for air-fuel mixture to make the cards run great. So that's kind of what it is. It says lean mixture, so there's something running too rich. Um, I would probably look to see if you got vacuum leaks. i probably also look to see if you've got uh, maybe you've got mass airflow sensor that's causing a problem. That yep. would probably be where I would be leaning towards first. Look at that first. Mm-hmm. The mass airflow sensor sets right after the air filter, and sometimes debris, fuzz, what have you, can make its way through, get caught on the mass airflow sensor, and it does not like anything on it at all. It, uh, it gotcha. needs, All it wants is nice, fresh, semi-clean air, but when it gets a piece of 
dandelion fuzz yeah. to a piece of hair, hair to who knows what might be on there. It uh, it just doesn't like it, and it will throw readings off because it the computer only that sensor only reads air. It doesn't. It it freaks out when something else is on it. So that's what I would do. I would pull the mass airflow sensor and take a look at that and see if there's anything on it. They do make special mass airflow sensor cleaner that you can clean it off with. Um, yeah, I also saw a video of someone who who didn't want to spend much money saying that you could just throw it in a bag with some rubbing alcohol and shake it up, and that would do the trick, but maybe I should just buy the cleaner. I would buy the cleaner. I would buy the cleaner. <laughs> I, I, I would... <laughs> I would spend seven bucks instead of two hundred uh, to yep. buy a sensor if you didn't have to. Uh, the biggest thing with with all these sensors, and you, and and maybe alcohol does work. You know, we've never tried that because uh, that just seems like a home remedy. Uh, but is the acetone? So if you use brake clean carburetor cleaner or a thing like that, that has acetone in it, and the acetone um, is what eats the the coating and things right off of stuff, and that will just ruin a sensor in, in a heartbeat. So. But that, that's kind of what's going on. It's its lean based on the code, and so it's the computer's throwing it rich, and that's kind of why it's running rough and, and having issues. Yep, okay. So, well, I'll uh, take try, a look at that. Yep, try that first. If not, uh, you might have to take a step up to to a garage and uh, have them take a look at it and, and see what they can determine. Awesome. Thank you very much. You bet, Joe. You Appreciate bet. the call. All right, we're going to take a quick break, Mr. Mechanic Show. We'll be back in a minute. All right, we're back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. Trying to help you out, fix your car, get you back on the road, get you pointed in the right direction. Here's another article I thought was interesting. This is this goes back to EVs. Let's look at EVs this weekend. The Lucid Air. Uh, is kind of the top at the moment. And these are going to kind of keep getting better, but uh, 516 miles on a charge. Now, that's that's perfect conditions like they test, you know, gasoline engine cars. You know, they, they get the miles that says this gets 38 miles a gallon. What they don't tell you is it's 70 degrees going downhill with the tires pumped up at 72. Much, yep. And uh, the, the rolling resistance is nothing on it. And I'm making this up a little bit, but... It's perfect ideal conditions. It's yeah. and, and we don't have perfect ideal conditions. But anyway, I thought it was kind of kind of interesting. The next, the next. Well, okay, see, so let's let's go across the board here. So it was 516 miles uh, for a charge for Lucid Air. They haven't really sold many. They're getting ready to. They're having a lot of developmental issues getting it to market at 138 thousand dollars. Uh, the model Tesla S that's four Oh five at 85,000 Hyundai, I, uh, Ionic six or three sixty one, forty five thousand. 45,000 model Tesla model three at 358 or $55,000. Uh, Mercedes Benz, uh, three fifty. That of course that's 104 and two more Tesla models, three forty eight. 330, 94,000, and the 52,000. The Hummer pickup, the 330 is your miles, 110,000. <laughs> and the Rivian 328, that's $74,000. And then the BMW is 320, 324 at 87,000 miles, or $87,000. 
you know, I suppose if you're staying in town, that's all good. But, you know, I'm kind of a patient guy. If I'm out on the road, I want to gas it up in five minutes and get going again. Yeah. I don't want to sit for three hours while my battery charges up. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, you can get like on a uh, a Tesla. So some of the superchargers they have out there, you can stop. And if you stop at a place and get for 20 minutes, which is enough time for everybody to pile out of the car and everybody to go to the bathroom and everybody get a candy bar and something to drink and pile back in the car. And if you were at a supercharger, you can get for 20 minutes or so, you can probably get another, you know, hundred to maybe 150 miles back out of it. So, but anytime you're charging a battery at that rate, there's heat, a lot of heat. So, uh, a lot of that. Well, you know, you know what a lot of heat leads to yep. fires. Speaking of fires, they got the one that's uh, it's called the facility or uh, Felicity Ace has about four thousand cars on it. Um, when it caught fire in the Atlantic, they had still have another one out there. Um, they they got they got the fire put out. Three hundred and thirty. No, that's what it is. Thirty eight hundred cars, I think. Three hundred million. Three hundred thirty million dollars worth of uh, damages are they're guessing. But they did get it fire put out. It had all to do with the. Uh, they're thinking, and they're still doing investigations, but they, they said primarily from somebody that was on board that uh, it got caught, and uh, something happened with the a battery car. I'm surprising these people, are, these big shipping companies are even shipping those things. I wonder what it costs to ship them over here, because you might lose your whole ship. Yeah. You hate that. We're going to head over to Jerry. Jerry's got a, a flat tire question. Jerry, what's going on? Hey, I got a good question to end the uh, session on. My husband's got a flat tire on his pilot. You think if he took it to Buchanan's on 50th and Dodge, they could fix it today? Sure. Absolutely. We, <laughs> as long as it's fixable. As long as it's fixable. So if it gets too close okay. to the sidewall, then, then it needs another tire. But, um, yeah, yeah, we fixed we fixed tires at both stations on demand. Um, okay, good. Sounds good. Because uh, he wants to buy... We're going to get a new set, but we didn't want to make, make such a snap decision. So, okay, I'm going to send them your way. There's Thank a you. good chance I have a set there for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Thank I appreciate you. it. Bye. Appreciate your business. Yeah, you know, tires are one of those things. If it gets close, too close to the edge of the sidewall, you can't really patch it. No. Uh, you might have to, you know, plug it for the end term until you replace it, you know. Going down the road at X amount of miles an hour, you don't want a plug flying out and tire going flat, and, and yeah. then, then it shreds. And uh, you don't see too many things shred anymore. But I tell you what, when it does shred, it it the it, it takes the inner fender. We just had one shred the other the other day that's sitting at the station, and it shredded the tire, shredded the inner liner Life. out, uh, just ripped up all sorts of things, and it'll it can damage the fender. So the price of a couple hundred dollar tire is much cheaper, and I know you don't want to spend it because I don't, I wouldn't either. But it's much cheaper than the fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars it's going to take to put your car back together. Yep, with probably used parts uh, because that's what the insurance company wants to all want to go pay with. For now. Yep. Yeah, they all want, don't want to pay for anything more than that. So, all right, that was another quick hour. Appreciate you coming in, Carl. Absolutely. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in next week. Get in early. Get all your mowing done so we can get all this answer your questions next week. So I'm Bob. I'm Carl. See you next week. See ya.